Hello and welcome to a new English edition of my podcast Helium Talk, das Kunstgespräch. My name is Jörg Heikhaus and my guest today is Laurence Valliere. Yes, well, it has been two weeks since my last podcast and a lot has happened. On Saturday, we've opened a new show at Helium Cowboy with the name Las Macornan. That was conceived, curated and executed by Melvin, the manager of the gallery, and our assistant, Johanna. It's a group show with over 20 artists that takes place in a tiny fictional art kiosk inside the gallery. My only job here was building that kiosk. So I got a ton of plywood and reduced our space from its 150 to roughly 20 square meter, basically closing off the main part of the gallery and only using the entrance area. Lots of work, but also really good fun. I like building things like that and the show Melvin put together is very strong and fits perfectly into that cozy space. It was wonderful to see how well received the show was on opening night. I'm very happy that the work of Melvin and Johanna and of course all the artists involved was so greatly appreciated. 21 artist names are too much to read out loud in this intro, so please check it out on my Instagram at Helium Cowboy or get in touch if you want to take a look when you are in town. Other than that, I hope you did not mind too much the longer break between my podcasts. It really gives me a lot more breathing space and I already invited a number of great people for future recordings, so stay tuned for some good talks coming up on this channel. Well, do you actually say that channel, this channel? Well, it doesn't matter. You know what I mean. But now to my guest. Laurence Valliere is a Canadian sculptor from Quebec. She works with recycled cardboard and builds incredibly realistic animals that often are larger than life. She has been showing internationally at galleries, institutions and many urban art festivals. She even created two of her oversized gorillas for Burning Man 2016. She has only been around a few years in the art world, but has already made a big name for herself because of the uniqueness of her work. Helium Talk. I first met Laurence a few years ago when I did an interview with her for the German newspaper Die Zeit. She was part of the Knotenpunkt Festival in Hamburg in 2014 and has returned twice since. When she came to grace this year's Knotenpunkt at the Affenfaust Galerie again, it was the perfect opportunity to invite her to the studio and record a show with her. Alright, as always, let me know what you think in the comments as a message on Instagram or by sending a mail to hello at heliumtalk.com and don't forget the ratings and reviews on iTunes, for example. I always appreciate your feedback and being faithful to my podcast, so please keep listening. But for now, have a great day, you all, and I hope you enjoy this 58th episode of the Helium Talk podcast with Laurence Valliere. So, Lawrence, this time around, did you visit the zoo again? Uh, no, that's I forgot I visited the zoo already. Um, no, no, yeah. I did nothing. I, I saw the same apartment, <laughs> the same gallery, the same um, 
road between the apartment and the gallery. Yeah. That's about that. So that was like 2014 and 2015 you were here, 14 the first time. And I just I, I just remembered with the zoo because I looked up the article that we made for, for that newspaper in 2014 and, uh, and saw the video of the Knotenpunkt Festival then of your, and you were in the zoo. That is right. I remember. <laughs> That's not even the... I guess that was the first time I was taken to a zoo to do a, yeah. a promotion of a show. And then okay. that kept happening. I went to many yeah. zoos. All right. Do you like zoos? Well, I did not until I worked in a zoo in uh, Philadelphia. Yeah. And then I realized that I was taught that zoos are nowadays mm -hmm. are a lot more like conservatory gardens. I don't know really how to call them, but more than... Zoos, mm -hmm. you you can't really. They they're very very careful um, which animals they have. They have enough room uh, to stimulate the animals and to also work on preservation. So every zoo in America, probably the same in Europe, mm -hmm. has a species that they're working on to keep uh, from disappearing. Mm -hmm. um, so zoos are, are a lot more interesting than just you know animal prisons. Yeah, I just, I mean, I basically just saw the development of zoos because I have children, you know. It's just, uh, I mean, I would probably not go to zoos otherwise if, uh, if it wouldn't be for the kids. You know? <laughs> yeah, zoos are And I think these are things that you, I mean, it's, it's beautiful to do those things, but I think if you don't have kids or not a profession like yours, it's, it's probably a lot of people don't even go to zoos anymore. They're and know what they are. I mean, when I was a kid, when I went to the zoo in Cologne, definitely wasn't like a preservation like that. No, they've know. changed. They've, they've changed. Because, you know? yeah, they're disgusting. I remember zoos when I was young. They smell. Oh. Um, they had tiny cages. Mm -hmm. And um, I, I remember gorillas being very overweight. And apparently um, there was some domestic violence among the gorillas. Mm -hmm. well, that's not good. Like no. that, that means there's issues with yeah. the zoo. Yeah, totally. Um, so uh, first, I wanted I wanted to also say give a shout out to Bash from Urban Skills for bringing us together. Yes, thank and, you, Bash. <laughs> and then to Offenfalls for bringing you back to Hamburg again. Yes, you're part of the Knotenpunkt Festival, which is this uh, urban art festival that they've started in 2000. Was it 2014? I don't or know. Or 2013? I think it was the year before you were there. Yeah. I think it was the second time. Okay. When you were there. Okay. I was part of that at once too. I yes, you were. Yeah. Um, and now it goes, I don't know, and, you know, sort of into the next edition uh, uh, here in Hamburg. Um, th that's one thing when, I, when I've been looking, I mean, you're, you're on a lot of these urban art festivals, but you don't actually have a background in any urban art. You just grew into that, right? Yes. No, I, do, I did not start as um, an urban artist, but I stumbled into the world yeah. of urban art and it works well enough. And now your, your, your sculptures are also part of, I mean, of public spaces, right? You, what do you mean? Yeah. I mean, they're just, out, you know, sort of you, you create, um, sculptures that are now part of the public space. So in that way, truly urban art, because they're in a, oh, yes. in an urban environment. That's what I yes, mean. Yes, for know, sure. So. For sure. But I have a hard time, uh, letting them outside. Yeah. So I've made one in core plus mm -hmm. in recycled plastic. And that one can stay outdoor. It's the one you just turned pink? Yes, that's the, the rabbit I just turned pink. It's in Toronto. It's in Toronto, yeah. Okay. So because that, I mean, that just means you would be working completely different, right? When you work with the plastic or? No, it's the same. same? It, well, it looks good, like the same mm -hmm. um, enough, but it's more difficult. It's heavier, it's, it's longer. 
Mm-hmm. And um, I work with rivets and nails and screws. It's not the same thing. <laughs> it's not the same thing. <laughs> but it looks the same. That's the point. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you I always, I mean, um, first time we met, you did a polar bear, a very big one. Yes. There was also like this ecological point to to make or that you're making. You're you're, you're probably um, in that time you're always mostly referring uh, or your your reference is mostly animals. Um, in your in your sculptures, that that has that changed over the years. No, it's still the same. I'm not done with the subject. Yeah, I've started to make uh, also cartoons um, since. Yeah. And uh, I work a lot with uh, brands that I find because I, I find my cardboard everywhere, mm-hmm. right? So, so I'm inspired by uh, um, uh, cereal breads and whatever whatever color that I find. So I've used cartoons to show consumerism, I guess. But it's all the same. It's all the same meaning. All the same meaning. Yeah, yeah, like symbol, consumerism, mm-hmm. uh, abu- abuse of object, like using, overusing, mm-hmm. and uh, e- ecology, I guess. Do you think that's one of the reasons why people like to invite you? I mean, except from that you're a fantastic person and a yeah, great Yeah, I don't artist. think it's personal. No. <laughs> no, but I mean, is that is that something that is, I mean, I think it's sometimes lacking in in, 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 uh, in a lot of public art there, there is uh, some kind of uh, political conscience or in there um, I mean there's also a lot where it's not but I mean this is something that yeah but I think I think festivals urban art festival yeah. especially like they like the um, the alternative that mm-hmm. I offer sculptures but I can make them on site and mm-hmm. quickly just like a street artist yeah so it's nice to have like a, a variation not just paintings and murals but mm-hmm. also sculptures and on top of that it has a nice message slash meaning and i don't the cardboard is free yeah well so. it's sometimes hard to get by i guess like in germany i think it's not that easy or to, to, to get the cardboard oh cover. no it's easy yeah 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 just walking by to your to your gallery, I found some nice cardboard. Okay, because uh, I think the last time you had somebody organizing it for you, and he, in this interview, he says this German guy who helped you says it's different in Germany because usually all the cardboard, all the cardboard that we have here, except for the one we keep to for packaging and stuff like that, we throw in the bin immediately. You know, so. Oh yeah, but it's because I was being particular with him, and mm-hmm. he was trying to. I, I like IKEA cardboard mm-hmm. because it's thin and mm-hmm. I can bend it the way I want. And so we went to IKEA, and um, I realized that in Germany, and probably the same in Canada, but I I never knew that um, they sell the cardboard to mm-hmm. recycling companies. Okay. So they buy the bundles of cardboard, so they didn't want to give it to us. So that's why he was like, oh, it's complicated. Well, it's complicated because we went directly. We thought I could take it at the source. And But the, I mean, material-wise, I mean, I'm, I'm, I've, I've loved to work with, I still love to work with old and seasoned wood, and it doesn't necessarily have to be very nice or beautiful it just has to have be old and has scars and uh, shows some age and it has gotten more and more difficult to find that wood now i'm buying it mostly because there's a big business around old uh old wood um everything you see here has uh bought the wood <laughs> you know it's not that uh, i yeah not that i took a shed apart <laughs> um but i could do that you know years ago i could go into the countryside and just uh uh get my go to a farmhouse and say what about your old wood can i have that and they said sure why not you know sometimes i gave them money for it or sometimes they were just happy yeah, i was taking old, it yeah but old cardboard has discarded pizza on yeah. it it's not the same yeah, that's true. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, but this, you said something. In, I mean, you said something interesting about the brands. That was something that, that I was I was curious about. I've I've seen that in your work. Then you um, basically, um, I don't know what, what was it. I think it was uh, a soft Mountain Dew or something like a s soft drink, uh, something that's extremely sugary and very bad for yeah. for for your health. And you just used that, and you did like I think was it Yoshi or so yeah. from Mario Kart, yeah, yeah. The Yoshi from the Mario, Super Mario Bros. World. Yes. Yeah. Well, because he's green and Mountain yeah. Dew is green as well. And I also thought, you know, it's a very. Is that I don't know if I'm right, but Mountain Dew would be more geared toward children, right? Mm -hmm. Like, so we offer them a really, really sugary drink, and yeah. and so they ask for it to their parents, you know. And and we use those. Um, joyful happy characters mm -hmm. like yoshi like not not saying that mountain dew that's not fair to say that mountain dew uses yoshi to, to sell but i'm just i'm just blending um um urban culture i guess together well you're doing two uh, uh uh what's it called brand uh violations at the same time exactly <laughs> i'm just i'm just annoying too <laughs> yeah but are they annoyed though i mean it's like it's um it's probably not gonna hurt Either of these large companies. <laughs> they oh, do they don't this. care. They But don't do care. they ever come and say, do this for us for, I don't know, for promotional reasons? No, never. They <laughs> don't like my work. I don't know. Um, no, and I don't know what I would say. But no, never. I never had like a company asking me. Sometimes they want, like if I have sponsors, they would like me to use their boxes mm -hmm. to put, you know, like their brands, which I don't mind depending on the company. Yeah. Um, that's the way uh, public art is financed nowadays. So. <laughs> Well, there's you got to be. It's got to be a way to make money. I'm not sure whether gallery shows and everything will be able to uh, maintain all these artists that are around right now. I mean, I th also think it's probably difficult with. I think it's both. I yeah. sell. I have no problem selling. Like mm. I could live off of that, but sometimes it's nice to the, the giant projects so that people can't really place like a two meter tall sculptures in their backyard. Although you'd be surprised because I have done that mm -hmm. for families and some private collectors, but it. Sometimes in some project that um, that are really exciting, like for example the rabbit again, the mm -hmm. pink rabbit in Toronto. Well, that was sponsored by a company. Mm -hmm. But it's and a public work now, right? It's yeah, it's given to um, yeah, yeah. to a to mm -hmm. the city of Toronto sure. and uh, an organization over there that yeah. are I don't I don't know exactly what they do stacked. But it's a really cool space. So you think like, and in 2014, it was more difficult to sell your big bear, even though everybody liked it and everybody took photos with it and your smaller sculptures on the walls, they were gone pretty quickly. Yes. Um, and then I think it took the Milanto auction to, gallery auction to sell the bear. Yeah, they and, managed though. Yeah. They managed to sell yeah. it. That's awesome. Yeah. And an old buyer. Um, I had to teach her though how you're called and who you are, who the artist is, because you, there was there's nobody really. That's a thing. Sometimes it's pretty sad. Sometimes with art, when it comes to auctions and all these things, especially these these events, these large big events, like the Milanto Gallery has become a very large event. Um, and uh, and the and the woman that bought that piece for her family, she didn't even know who the artist was. Oh, she was not interested. And I told her because she was posting, and I said, okay, you should probably just mention who. Who made this? You know? Oh, that's fine. That happened yeah. all the time. But, but, yeah, that's happening, of course. Listen, but. at Burning Man, I had Diplo taking pictures in front of my gorilla, and I think there was like, I don't know, hundreds of thousands of likes. He didn't even post my name. He didn't know mm -hmm. who I was. You know what? Who was that? See, I don't even know who he is. Not Diplo. I think he's a DJ. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know either. 
Oh, he's going. <laughs> yeah, well, there are people well, that we are never met. <laughs> well, there are people that are pretty influential in the internet. But yeah, I think even though if he would have mentioned you and he has five hundred thousand likes, probably of these five hundred thousand people, nobody would have been interested anyway. It's like the people we touch are. Yeah, though it doesn't really matter. Yeah, like, the guy right. still posted my my sculptures. Yeah, that's true. Which that was lovely. It was great that it would viral people love the sculpture yeah. and if they really want to find who it is they so will, did you contact them or anybody else diplo yeah no i don't even know just music <laughs> yeah but i mean if somebody uses it you can i mean that's what i'm sometimes doing is when i see something that's being appropriated in social media i tell the people this is the artist um and then most of the times these people are super happy because they didn't know because there's so much things oh, yeah, you that's see right i could have told them hey it's me and then they're just like oh great that's thanks by the way this is from the fantastic artist and then you know sort of they they get some interest but yeah but that's um just a side effect yeah but i mean the the, the smaller stuff you do gallery shows um i think the f you was it the first exhibition when you were in Germany with the collab gallery in yes in, yes uh, Weil am Rhein yes the first time I came to Knotenpunkt mm -hmm. here it was probably my second time in Europe it was my it was very exciting yeah you, so you but I mean that was the first time you traveled for your art in to Europe yes yes when I met Fred yeah. That was the first time. Fred from, from, from the Affenpost, one of the, the, the gallerists. Yeah. He saw me at the uh, collab mm -hmm. gallery and invited me. I got very excited. Mm -hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, collab was, uh, was pretty influential in the whole urban art scene because they were there in the beginning and they started out with money, which is pretty helpful in this business. Yeah, in this business, I mean. Yeah, they could do whatever they wanted. Yeah. They, they didn't invite the very known artists. They invited yeah. the up and coming and then they got this because so many of the artists uh, picked up after mm -hmm. that, they got this reputation of starting up artists. Mm -hmm. they, they did it completely organically. I know, a good bunch of people. I met them in Switzerland, Basel, um, a few years ago, really for the first time. I met them before, but that was really really for the first time and we got got to talk and really interested in what they're doing. They have a pretty free hand in what they're doing. So oh, they're great. I think that's, yeah, I I think that's pretty helpful. A yeah. little shout out to uh, Stefan Winter, yeah. who's showing at Knotenpunkt mm -hmm. as well. His work is amazing. I know, yeah. Mm. Pretty good. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, he's also, I mean, the thing is, it's, he's also one of the people that I would like to have on this podcast at some point, but it's, um, well, I probably could be recording one podcast a week if I want to get everyone on the podcast that I yeah. That was not, no, that was never the intention, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm super happy that this worked out with you now here and, um, you're you're still working on your work for the exhibition now? Yes, yes. During I'm this not week? done. I will work all week. Yeah. I'll push as much work as I can. When I when I see your I mean th this that's probably the, the 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 way how we follow each other these days is by by checking out what uh, what people are doing on social media. Your Instagram account is uh, is I think probably important for me to look at, but I don't see everything of course it's just, you know, too much these days. But it looks like you are working constantly and all the time and most of the time in a different place in this world. Do you still have a studio back in Montreal? Yeah, <laughs> I still have a studio back in Montreal. Yeah, I travel a lot. Yeah. I don't stay in place. Um, I rather, I'm invited to a lot of festivals and I like to travel and I, so I just go. And, mm -hmm. uh, so I, I stay maybe like two, three weeks in Montreal, then I'm, I leave again. Okay. Um, I'm, every month I'm in a different place. 
So these, the, I mean, this this festival circus that have started to build over the past years is that still growing, or is that at some point at a point where? Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, I feel that a lot of them kind of grew like mushrooms. Mm -hmm. Like they all popped up at the same time because there were these yeah. really cool events. Maybe it's slowing down a little bit. The the big ones, the good ones, they stay they stay on. Like mm -hmm. the powwows of this world are are extremely relevant still. I'm going to Japan with powwow. Okay. Um, that started out in somewhere in, in, Hawaii, in Hawaii, I think. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no. It's they they started right when it was needed. Mm -hmm. Jasper Wong that started that. Mm -hmm. And um they yeah, they, they started it. I remember it was very hot. Like, mm -hmm. oh my God, if you could be part of Powwow, that's quite yeah. something. Um, I remember also the mural festival in Montreal when it started like seven years ago. It was, people were hungry for this. Mm -hmm. um, I think one of very old one that I never did, but very respected is the New Art Festival. Mm -hmm. But That's been on for a while. Too. Yeah, that's been, mm -hmm. and um, um, I did one in Sweden also. Oh, forget me, I can't remember the name. <laughs> but it's every every two years. So I think they're starting to do like Biennale is also like stuff where, because it's expensive to make a festival and then they want um, to take more time to to produce something very powerful. But I don't know. I think there's less festival popping up here and there. But when, when they invite you, do they pay you to come over? Is it just yes. flight and accommodation or you have your fee that you get? It depends. It depends on the festival. It depends on the on the goal of the mm. festival. There's festivals that are that have a lot of sponsors that are mm, massive and they will pay you. It's never a lot, but it's, it's you know, it, it's worth your time. Mm -hmm. And uh, there's some festivals that are really doing it for... The public, mm -hmm. often they, um, for example, powwow, they, they, they also often work with school or um, they public mix projects, project yeah. public projects. So it's like the, the goal of, of a powwow, it's not, it's not as much to make noise, but to work with the community. So mm -hmm. no, powwows, they don't, um, since they're not there to make money, everybody's there on their time, their mm -hmm. free time. Obviously, they pay your expenses, though. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, they should. So, and then it makes you see a new, a new part of the of the world. So it's quite nice. I like them. I respect the powers a lot. Yeah, yeah. It's hard. It's hard to get actually in uh, to keep uh, keep track of um, of all this when you're not as involved. I mean, I'm not as involved. I'm not involved in the art scene in the first place. But um, of course, I I I, I look uh, for you these things. You watch thing. it. Yeah. As much as you can, it's not like you buy a magazine every month and you read through it and you There's know what no was happening. <laughs> you have to kind of get your information from from your from your sources. Uh, there's a couple of newsletters letters that I still get and, uh, and newsletter. I, yeah, My God. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I really, really think, and it's also going a little bit back to that at some points. Our newsletter here at Helium Co is pretty successful. Really? It's pretty good, yeah, because I have di direct interaction with people and it actually targets a lot of the people that people are very important for my business, yeah. I don't think I've ever read a newsletter. Yeah. No, I, I mean, it, it depends. I mean, there's, I mean, what people probably wouldn't think today, you know, especially, especially younger people, is that there are a lot of people out there 
who might be on Instagram and might be on Facebook, but are not using it at all. It always looks a little bit different because also Instagram and Facebook want this to look different, but there's a lot of people who are super inactive or not active at all. My most important collectors, I mean, for my art, I still send them PDF and JPEGs. Well, okay, yeah, that's true. And they, because they don't know otherwise what I'm doing because they're not going to look on the internet or on their phone and look on Instagram and, you know, so it's... Yeah, my, my gallery in Montreal do send newsletter and it they they always frame it well like in um, capital letters and makes you want to click on it mm -hmm. and that's I, I i click on it often and i don't even like i'm not the target right i'm not buying there i'm selling but yeah <clears throat> but they they did it well okay so i cannot mm -hmm. i can believe it works All right. i mean there, there's a couple of, of galleries who do it really well and i mean it's uh, it's uh, it's a it's a good source to to, I mean, it's it's about it's. It, I think it's about uh, information hygiene, as you might call it. I mean, I've, I, uh, I I I I try to be on on newsletters that I really want to read. I don't read them all the time, but if I have the time, if I'm sitting somewhere and reading my mails and go through it, and I get stuck, then this is actually helpful to me. And not always, you know. But there's newsletters that I read and I see nothing that interests me in there. But the next time, there's something that 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 keeps me to it. And there's big newsletters and small newsletters and. and And I personally still think I deliberately picked this newsletter to read. I mean, I'm not talking about the newsletters that you get in your spam mail. I'm just talking about especially yeah. art-related newsletters. And then after a while, if I get bored, I, you know, sort of unsubscribe. So I, um, for me, that is a, a good way to keep up with a little bit. And I have personally have the feeling that is something that, I mean, I, I don't send out newsletters often, probably once a month. If we have a, an exhibition like this one, we did, we did to a month because it's always a lot of work to, you know, um, uh, to make one. It's easier to just post a picture and say, come out, come around, we're open now, or here's the link to, well, you know. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe I'm old fashioned, <laughs> but I also use Instagram and all these things, but I know these things I've, I've, I've learned how to use marketing. So I, I, I understand how this works. Yeah. I haven't learned to use marketing. Well, I mean, by, I'm not sure I'm really good at it. But yeah. But by, I mean, you learned it by just going along with your career, you know, yeah, I think and you, you see what works yeah. and what doesn't work. That, that's what I mean. I didn't mean, I never studied anything, so I don't, I didn't learn anything, but yeah. you know, from that's in books I just learned from life and from meeting people and uh, hmm. and seeing what works and sometimes you don't know in the beginning um, of, of of certain tools you, you 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 learn quickly how they work and then they stop working that way like Instagram or Facebook it's always changes you kind of have to it's a it's it's what people sometimes you know sort of don't or underestimate is the time that when you have a gallery or when you're an artist or when you're when you have an interest and maybe a professional interest in, in getting information out it's not just the work you spend on on your instagram post that you're doing it's also keeping up with the development you know i mean it's like when when, when stories began you know to unfold a lot of people said i don't need this i don't want to film myself and now a lot of people are actually doing this and this is super successful we have a lot more interaction with the story probably than you have with the post you know things like that so you always have to keep up But I mean, you probably exchange um, that as well with other artists that are on. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I at some point I had a, an artist showing me how to use the stories properly <laughs> yeah. or the request uh, direct messages. Yeah. So I wasn't really checking those. I was just checking my messages, but I'd miss all the requested mm -hmm. message, mm -hmm. which was a little bad. But I don't know. It's 80% spam, but I mean, yeah, sure. 
R50. You know, you have to be also, that's what I mean. It's a lot of work. You have to go through it. Yeah, but it's mostly like the fire emoji, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. on your posts, yeah. <laughs> which I don't care. <laughs> on it's your story. Oh. I know, right? <laughs> but, but I, it's annoying because like I get, like, yeah. I don't know, a thousand. So it's like, well, but um, yeah, the, in there, there was a lot of messages that uh, you know, was good for me to know, to read and yeah. respond offers. Mm. So. But do you do business over sure. Instagram and that you get, get requests or? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot. Often. Um, I don't really sell directly. No. It's very rare. Um, I will sell more through my galleries, depending on where the, where the interested person lives. Mm -hmm. I, uh, I send them, uh, I send their email to my gallery that's in the, the area mm -hmm. and uh, they send them a catalog of the available work. That's the, so then I don't have to deal with the shipping or um, the money or the invoice or anything. The gallery yeah. takes care of the, also uh, the, negoci the negotiation. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I know both sides. So I, 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 uh, I, I would appreciate if somebody was taking that off me too. <laughs> I mean, you, you do pay your galleries. Like it, it's yeah. not cheap, sure. but um, the time you spend, like of, of the amount of work I sell, like the time I would spend negotiating and mm -hmm. coming back and forth with emails and uh, shipment and, and timelines. Um, no, I'm glad someone else is doing it. Mm -hmm. It's totally worth it. Yeah, it's, uh, it's also not the only thing that a good gallery should do for you. <laughs> that's just one part of how they make them. Yeah, that's well, just you know, one so. part. Yeah. But do you have, do you have um, uh, multiple galleries so like in different countries and yeah. that represent mm -hmm. you properly? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. So. Um, I have a few in Europe, in different countries, and uh, in uh, the US mm -hmm. and in Asia. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty good to have a network. They're all working together or... Yeah, sure. They, sometimes I make them exchange work because mm -hmm. they're interested by something and it's over there in England or mm -hmm. they, they have a project that comes in and everything is always on a short timeline. So um, I don't have the time to ship something to you. Madrid, for example. So then I, I'm like, well, I got some stuff in France, you know, and you, they could ship it to you. So they do work together. Who are yeah. with you in France? Who are you with in France? Okay. Um, I went to, I'm with a gallery called L'Oeuf du 34. Uh -huh. It's in Paris. But I also have a lot of work in Bordeaux mm -hmm. for um, OBNL. I don't know if you call it like that in English. Um, for a nonprofit organization okay. um, that work with sustainability, everything. So yeah. they have a lot of monkeys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, just. Uh, but, and they have room to have it. Mm -hmm. But. Um, yeah, I made them ship stuff back and forth mm -hmm. with England too. Yeah. So. Yes, I think it's pretty good. I mean, I think this is also one. Um, it's a good thing to to work with several galleries um, across the globe, um, and and uh, hopefully they they exchange uh, in between, not just your work, but also you know, kind of trying to to. I mean, the 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 main goal of a gallery. Uh, should be to to help you grow and i don't necessarily mean financially grow i mean that you're able to continue your work and able to develop and, and be able to do things that you that you like to do you know uh in your artwork i mean go i mean if you want to do a really huge piece you need your galleries to bring you to the point where somebody is willing to finance it and and to show it and exhibit it right i mean 
uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, the 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 galleries I have, they're um, they're people I chose because I changed mm -hmm. gallery a few times. Mm -hmm. um, so those, it's because they have they're not necessarily big, but they're they have honest, genuine. Um, people that work in it, yeah. So and I, and I get along. So whenever they have a project, yeah, they bring it to me or a commission, and all of them together, that's enough to mm -hmm. to make me live. Um, and come once in a while to Europe. <laughs> yeah. So in in Germany, is this Affenfaust responsible for you, or is it just the Knotenpunkt Festival, or did you do a solo show with him so far? No, no. Uh, I've only done the Knotenpunkt with Affenfaust, oh. but yeah, I guess they they are responsible for yeah. me I the thing is I don't produce enough to to keep a constant flow of new mm. work to my different galleries so now um, I've never shipped work to Affen Faust I think I meant to mm -hmm. in the last five years but um, since I decided to travel mm -hmm. and uh, to make work on sites and to well I never had enough I never had time to build a a body you, of work. But do you do solo exhibitions or is that something yes. that doesn't... Yeah, you know? every year, somewhere. Like I'm going to have one in December, I think, uh, in Montreal. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to travel a little less now because it's. I need to produce a body of work, like real, mm -hmm. um, not just festivals. And, yeah, yeah. And, and right, because that's a, that's a danger of it, right? Oh yeah, it gets addictive, and and uh, you end up like hopping from places to places. But you, and then you you only, and in a way, like it's it's fantastic because you get better at figuring out stuff. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like building giant work um, in two weeks or in one week. So you learn to make do, to fix, to, but at the same time, you don't experiment. Because you always work on something you know, because you're always stuck in time. So now I'm looking forward to go back home mm -hmm. and experiment on new work and new ways to show. Um, and I need to, I need to be home for that. I need to take the time to do that. Yeah, I think it's, it's it's sometimes important that you it's important that you sometimes take you out of the out of the picture a little bit to be on your own and be able to you know develop things that are don't have. Where you're not always constantly under the influence of um, of others, you know, where you're not seen. I mean, at least that's for me. I think it's important well, to to be in the studio and just just work away for me and not necessarily showing anything to anyone except you know the friends well, and family that come around. That's nice. I need nice. to give myself the right to fail mm -hmm. because when you work like right now for F and Faust, I'm not going to fail. I'm not going to make one bad mm -hmm. work because I don't have time. Yeah. So I need to go back in the studio and, and give allow myself to do something horrible, mm -hmm. disgusting, <laughs> throw it away, break it in pieces, throw it in the garbage and start over because I will have tried something new and you never know how it's going to come out. Yeah. So. so yeah, so there's no time to experiment when you're on the road. No, it's not the time. Mm. It's not the time to do that. It's mm. also not what people are expecting of you. No, no, yeah, that's it. They ask you to come and they're like, make as many work as you can and we like this and this and this. No, it's not It's not the time. You're not there to try new things. You're there mm -hmm. to present what you know you're the best at. Mm -hmm. and, um, and you're holding a pretty unique position because there's not many other cardboard artists around. No. <laughs> at least not on those. I mean, no, a couple of. Yeah, there is, there is. 
But what, sorry, I, I said that you don't experiment, but at the same time, I never do the same sculptures, right? Yeah. So like just, just at this show, all the f- shapes that are there, the forms I've never done them before. It's not really what I mean. Mm-hmm. I no, guess no, it, yeah. Um, um, there's not that many cardboard artists out there. There is though, there is some really good ones, mm-hmm. but uh, so far there's not that many. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I've, I've been working with um, with a very early, very good cardboard artist doing something completely different than you, Boris Hopek. I've been working with him for many years. Um, Is he German? He's German, yeah. But he lives in Barcelona since 2002, oh, okay. 2003. Okay. I mean, yeah, he didn't, he's, he, likes, he likes it warm. He likes it where he can take a surfboard to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. If you're, if you're, if you're an artist and you're living a life that has, um, that has no protection in a way as well, you should, you know, sort of be, try to create the environment that you need to work in. And if that means that you can go out on the surfboard from time to time, then that's good. If that means that you just want to stay inside in the dark, that's also good, but you have to find a, find a way that's best for you to create. Well, what you want to create, you know, what's inside you. I never thought really about whether, but I guess it's because I'm Canadian. So mm. you just have to make do, you know, <laughs> don't, if you start dreaming about hot beaches, you'll just be unhappy. Um, so I, my, my dream was always to have a large studio. Mm-hmm. That's all I want. Yeah. Well, that's probably the, the, the what, what every artist desires. Yeah. It's like a place I to don't care about do the that. rest. Yeah. yeah. Giant space to work in. Yeah. Um, I'm not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's expensive. It's harder. It's harder and harder to find. I mean, look at a city like Hamburg that grew in the last years. Also, there's a. I I personally have the feeling there are much more artists than there were ten years ago or fifteen years ago. I mean, today. Yeah, I don't so know. Do you think? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. It's so much easier to live off of your art now with internet than it was before. I mean, I remember my my orienter teachers at school telling mm-hmm. me it would be better to go with study history mm-hmm. than arts. Can you imagine that? That's so much worse now. Yeah, but I still don't think that most artists make money with their art and not will not do so for a long time. I mean, maybe if you're in this circle of the powwow and everything, you're surrounded by artists that are successful, but I mean, there's still the majority of the artists is not financially successful. I don't think it's that's true with Etsy. Nah. Now there's ladies that make belt buckles and they live you know yeah and and etsy sells enough so how good can you live off belt buckles well you have to invite them on your podcast to know <laughs> well i need I, I don't know i have a good i think i have a pretty good understanding of the art world and of the art scene and how it works and i know that there's a lot of artists who don't make enough money to come by and it has always been the case and it will always be the case because you don't produce anything that as you know, sort of has any kind of sustainable future in a way, unless mm. you're represented by good galleries or you no, are part you of. You can sell on your on, a, on, on Etsy and like find your niche. Of, yeah, of you can make some money with it. That's true. Yeah. No. Okay. Do they make a lot of money? No. Do they make the salary of a McDonald's worker? Sure. Yeah, if they're lucky. Yeah. I, I, I think don't know. See, I'm talking through my. And I yeah, have no yeah. idea. But, but if I, you go, I mean, if you go to, I mean, if you look at, I mean, the, I know a lot of artists and I know. Most of them have, have jobs. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. Even though the ones that are represented by galleries and they're still doing work because it's also galleries these days don't sell in the bulk that they're actually there, you know. 
I mean, there's a lot of galleries, but there's also um, not the market that it was like before, I don't know, between 2002 and 2008. It's a different market now. It's different. Um, I mean, there's a lot of galleries that went out of business and there's a lot of galleries who probably should be out of business when you look at their numbers, but you just keep the fight up or they have, uh, as the people like to say, a fuel tank in the basement through some money they already have and they don't necessarily care. I mean, maybe they don't. Hmm? work hard enough i don't think that i mean yeah, i've known a lot of galleries who had to close their shop and they were hard workers yeah they i have hard. the vision of the artist right and i they, there's a lot of galleries that uh they waste their time they waste their time they do they wait for people to walk in yeah. from the street that's not the way it works no. they're slow mm -hmm. they they're not proactive mm -hmm. and uh what i find is that the young galleries the one i have They work hard, like they're very proactive. Mm -hmm. They go out, no, they no, go talk to people, be active, they travel, sure. they, yeah. they, they fight like, they fight hard. And, but I've been approached by a lot of like galleries that mm -hmm. are like, yeah, 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 come with us. Like we sell so much. And yeah, they did in 2002. Yeah. But they just, ugh, they, <laughs> they just wait, they just wait around and you're supposed to bring everything. And Yeah, but that's, I mean, okay, everybody but has that was my vision. Mm -hmm. Yeah, everybody has a different concept of how to run a gallery. I think the galleries that do exist and that actually uh, get some work out, they, 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 they manage to sell and they are active because they can't afford to just wait around because they have rent to pay. They have, uh, if they go on fares, they have fares to pay. They have a lot of money that they have to, that they have to, uh, uh, make before they just all spend it, you know, but I think there's, there's, um, There's no transparency in this business at all. Um, like you would not be on a on a fair and you talk to another gallery and they would do shit business and they would tell you that they're doing shit business. Most of them are like, oh, this was great. And oh no, we didn't sell today, but we had met this great uh, 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 curator or collector or whatever. Um, I think there's a lot of talk out there. Um, I think there's also, but probably like in most businesses, not enough honesty. That doesn't have to be because everybody is personally responsible for how they do their business. It sometimes amazes me that there are so many galleries still going to art fairs that there are still, I mean, that there are art fairs that work and that there are galleries that work. I don't, I don't object to that, but I think that the amount of art fairs there are and the amount of galleries that go there, I don't think that they're all going to make their money back. Just think about what a fair costs you and how do you get that money back through I think it works sales. though because they wouldn't go otherwise. Yeah, but I mean, just the, defi the definition of what works is also something that... Um, that uh, that you will not be you know sort of you will not be able to look behind the facade and you know you know i mean i know you know i know a lot of people and when we talk we you know sort of most of them are pretty honest uh, about these things but it's it's a decision that you have to make like if you run a gallery and you're you're excluding yourself from fairs you're excluding yourself from a portion of a potential portion of the market That doesn't mean that if you go to these fairs that you make money. I also know uh, galleries that have gone to the fairs that tried everything else. They're making good money with their sales. Um, they're making good work for the artist, but they decided against going to fairs because it just takes out so much money that they have available every year to invest into their artists because they're just on fucking fairs in Miami and everybody looks good and everybody talks about something. But like, for example, in Miami, most of the art fairs, the galleries don't sell, bottom line. That's it. They don't sell. And however they manage to get by, 
that's their thing. Usually through sales that they make through their clients back at home or other kind of projects, or as I said, or they have the money, or they just, I don't know, they're just, you know, so different. But it is very difficult to make enough money for all the artists and for all the projects. I know for in the Hamburg situation, Hamburg is not... Uh, not the best market. We have a market. It's not the best market. And everybody's basically trying to get the same collectors to come by to your gallery and buy. If you're looking for local galleries, uh, collectors. Um, yeah, but that isn't that. Yeah. Isn't that the, so the it's difficult, you know? Yeah, it's really yeah, so everybody gets the has the nice uh, customer and who gets the nicest artist. That's, yeah. your, that's your job. You have to be so good at what you do yeah. and you get the best, the best artists and you get the yeah. best collectors, right? Yeah. So but it's on, like high school. <laughs> I was that like high, like high school. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, life is like high school. It's just. Yeah. I was pretty good in high school. You were pretty good in high school. Huh? <laughs> well, I think there's still like a big portion of being at the right place at the right time, having luck, meeting the right people, um, being professional. That's probably the most important thing. On both yeah, sides. That's hard you know? for some people. Yeah, for, of course. Especially when you're in a. Oh, I think art fairs. Obviously, order from the outside looking easy business, you know, like it's, everything's beautiful, everything's colorful. I think art, art fairs are a very important, though, um, step for the artists. Mm -hmm. And um, sure. I think it's like uh, you can see it as a conference, like about, like, you know, this. Um, There's this conference in Montreal called mm -hmm. C2 Montreal, and it's all about creativity and business. Mm -hmm. And businesses pay like thousands and thousands of dollars to s send their employees for three days over there. Um, but it creates teamwork. It creates whatever it bring, whatever mm -hmm. they bring back is worth it because they keep mm -hmm. spending 10, 20, 30 grand to send their, art, their, their employees mm -hmm. and their CEOs over there. So um, Miami is the same thing. Well, art fair in the first place is a trade show. It's a place where galleries put up artwork for sale because that's that's it's a marketplace. Um, and um, uh, and I think that is um, that is just basically what an art fair is. It's very good for it can be very good for the career of artists to be part of art fairs, uh, but you have to also be again at the right art fair. You know, you have oh to yeah, be, but you do many. I mean, you don't yeah. just do Miami. Miami is one of them, and yeah. um, Miami is fun, but it's also intense. And you don't need to go to one of the art fairs in Miami. Um, there's, uh, for example, you'd be better off doing a trade show in China right now, mm -hmm. um, which I did, and it was awesome. Mm -hmm. um, there's also art fairs because everything's moving, right? So mm -hmm. there's also art fairs are big, but you could do. Um, Comic-Con, for example, mm -hmm. which people look down on this, but Comic-Con is intense. People are way more into Comic-Cons mm -hmm. than into art fairs. Mm -hmm. And when you go there, I have a friend that started doing it like mm -hmm. by himself, because an art fair, you can't do it as an artist. Mm -hmm. It has to be a gallery, right? But a Comic-Con, for example, you can't go as an artist and just sell your work. And he says he, sell, he sold like he never did before. Mm -hmm. Um... So there's also like trade shows about in LA about different things. And I saw some of my friends like Graflex or um, I can't name other artists, but that do more like cartoonish work, mm -hmm. a bit like me, like the, the series of cartoons I made. And they went to this trade show 
and there was galleries there and they sold like they never did in an art fair. So mm. like things are moving around and it's not just a shit show. It's, it's very stimulating for mm -hmm. people to go there. Sure. Uh, sure. It's, it's a, it's an investment, but well, the galleries I know, they, if they don't make their money, they, they're close to. So, I mean, it was in the end, it was a bit of money and time and, uh, they made so much contacts and they met other artists and they were present mm -hmm. where it mattered mm -hmm. for four days, you know? So in the end, what is it? Like it, what? It's no yeah, big deal. As I said, it's, you have to be strategic about it when you run a business like a gallery you can't go to or just to Miami to do a fair. You have to go, well, you can't if do you go all. to Miami, no, but you, you can't um, do you the wrong one. You have to choose. do the right one. You have to be able to get in. Uh, as I said, being yeah. strategic about what, what is the goal of your gallery? Is the goal of your gallery to sell cartoon artists? Then fine, you should go to Comic Con. If the goal of your gallery is to sell a different kind of art, you have to find the you have to the find right the, the art, right fair, art for fair for that. Um, the point with art fairs is always you have to look into not just how professionally the art fair is is, is handled, but also who is going and who is visiting the art fair. Uh, are museums visiting the art fair and looking for? artists uh, and galleries to collaborate with are really important collectors going there um, or good collectors, not important collectors, but good collectors going there. And that's something you have to find out as a gallery. And I think that's your responsibility. There's no use in spending 30, 40, 50,000 euros on and going to an art fair that is just good party for four days and then go leaving frustrated and leaving everybody frustrated, your artists as well. Well, that's the thing though. If you're a good businessman, mm -hmm. you've found out which gallery, which art fairs were the best for you. Yeah. It's just getting, it's just, you know, sort of, it's just getting, mm, also a little bit, you know, confusing and very hard to, 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 to stay close to, to all of this. I think if you, it's not hard, come on, light up a little bit. <laughs> no, no. I mean, it's not, it's not about me. I mean, for me, it's okay. I mean, I think if you do this professionally, you have to invest a lot of time and a lot of uh, a resource on that. If you just think, oh, I'm going to this fair and I'm taking these artists because they're currently hip. I mean, how many galleries, the galleries these days choose their artists because they have 50,000 followers on Instagram and don't take the artist that actually has something to say or has probably 500 or is not even on Instagram. I think the, the, the reason, the, 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 the purpose of gallery, I mean, not every gallery, probably not, maybe not, maybe not often false, even though I think they think the same. I believe they think the same, um, is find artists that are relative, uh, relevant um, that you believe that are relevant that you personally feel are important to show I'm showing with Helium Cowboy I've always just shown artists that I personally believe in well, and, I mean I think and then most you have galleries to think, are like that too I don't believe yeah but then you have to think how how can you actually build something that creates some sustainability also for the career of the artist and I think if you if you want to do that then you're then you're doing a good job, but that is, um, I think only if, I mean, I've been talking to other gallerists as well and, and, uh, uh, and, and there's, there's one and <clears throat> to directors of museums and stuff. And there's one thing that is getting, that is, you know, so a type of gallery that is getting less and less important has gotten less and less important these past years are galleries with a program. And I don't mean by program, I mean, don't mean like 10 shows a year. I mean, like, what is your program? What are you standing for? What are you showing? Do you take an artist on and develop the artist for five, six, seven years before you have the first real serious sale? And, you know, sort of, and that is something when, when, when you, when you start a gallery, you have to always allocate your resource 
to the artist. And then you have one artist that you probably, I mean, I worked with performance artists, so you know how difficult it is to get money for performance <laughs> artists. But then the other artists that were more successful had to basically get enough money in so that I could afford to promote this artist, you know, um, and to do those things. So it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a very, it's a very intense business if you want to do it right. And um, I don't know, I'm not a gallerist. Yeah, and and I think that is that is then it's a privilege if you're an artist and work to have uh, you know able to work with one of these galleries, you know, because then it's a then it's a common understanding of the same goal. And also one thing that is very very important. I mean, for me, it has always been important. But it doesn't work out all the way that that in that sense. But it's artists and galleries should be a team. They should understand that they're basically working on the same barbecue and one brings the the, the meat and the other one brings the beer. Um, and it's, especially these days, I think it's very, very important that both understand that they're in the same boat and that if you do a fair, that the artists show up and help you, you know, if you don't make enough money with the artists to supply a setup crew, you know. As th these galleries, of course, they work differently. But I think that's that's these are things that are, are important for a relationship between an artist and and a gallery. Uh, there has to be a relationship, and not just you take my work think, and sell it, or vice versa. I think all my galleries we have this relationship. Yeah. I think it's important. Otherwise, it doesn't work anyway. Yeah. 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 I just, I just, I just think it's 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 um, it's a different kind of market that we're also looking at now than we've been looking at three years ago or 10 years ago and 20 years ago and it will be a different market when we look at it in five years ago. I think there's a lot of changes. Um, and maybe after this development right now, nothing has changed and everything goes back to how it was because that starts to work again. But I think it's a different, what you what you need to find now out now today is how do you get people actually interested in, not interested in the art, but also interested in sustaining it. You know, you think people are not interested in sustaining art? Well, they have to be able to do that by not just likes and followers, but also by investing into art and into artists okay. and into galleries. I think there's less than there were, or different than there well, were. Well, I wouldn't know because I've been in the yeah. business for what seven, yeah. ten yeah. years now. So when I graduated from school, mm. it was two thousand nine, ten. So yeah. like the the the, gal the the world of gallery had already already changed because yeah. because of the crash and because of so so I think for me for me it was never really an issue though mm -hmm. I selling is not easy but it's not also the end of the world mm -hmm. um, so it's not it's, there's no lack of interest but there is m lack of space sometimes that's why mm -hmm. that's why uh, we had the uh, art fairs in New York for a while and then one of my galleries at some point was like oh we're not doing art fairs in New York there's no space on the fairs no in the face in the fairs there is but like he's like I went to I went to um have a coffee with one, mm -hmm. one of our customers mm -hmm. once he's a millionaire he brought us to his like uh studio his house mm -hmm. it's tiny 
You okay. can't fit I'll anything I'll in I'll there. Yeah. There's no space well, in New no York, and it's yeah. true when you think of it. It's yeah. one of the it's one of the most clustered yeah. uh, city in the world. And so he's like, even the millionaires have no room. Th mm. There was no room for anything. Mm. So now they do the art fairs uh, other places. Yeah. See, so it's a good market, but physically people cannot fit shit in their house, mm -hmm. <laughs> and that was interesting. So that's better to go to. Uh, Los Angeles or is that better? California? Uh, probably. That gallery ended up uh, showing in Miami mm -hmm. very su successfully. And okay. they go there every year mm -hmm. now. Um, they change art fairs though. Mm -hmm. So we'll see because different art fairs. Who's this. the gallery? Oh, Station 16. Okay. Yeah, and um, they're yeah, they're so so now it's Miami all the way. Mm -hmm. They they love that place. Mm. When you're a Canadian gallery too, I mean, there's art fairs in the U.S., but going to Europe, for example, is very complicated. Mm -hmm. So they don't do art fairs in New York. Yeah. And if you do art fairs in, in the US, I think Miami is the best one. Mm -hmm. And it's only like, um, it's not very far from Montreal. It is, but not not really. Yeah, I think the whole traveling from, I mean, I think European galleries have always been a bit more open to the concept of going to a fair in the United States because it also is very important to go there. I mean, we went there. Well, that, well yeah, but that's crazy. You have to fly. Everything yeah, no, but it's, it's just, I mean, I mean, if, if the business is, is there, you have to go where the business is. And, yeah, um, exactly. And it was for us also was really, really good for, for, for many years um, to I mean, go before there. Before Brexit, uh, the art fairs in London mm -hmm. were great. Mm -hmm. I mean, um, the galleries, I remember galleries and artists in, in England with the pounds like doing marvelously mm -hmm. and uh paris too even though paris probably doesn't have much more room than new york <laughs> um i have a few galleries that do art fairs in paris every year because it's yeah. good um i don't know about art basel 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 yeah and i've never done a fair in in germany but france has a lot of fairs apparently <laughs> it's not bad at all mm -hmm. no i mean paris just became a Fair city. Uh, it's not. It's not that long ago that they were not really relevant on the, on the on the map of art fairs. Um, but with the exponential growth of uh, of of art fairs over the past twelve years or so, ten twelve years, um, Paris has become much more important. And Paris is. It's also a question of the destination. Same. The success of Miami, of course, has something to do that the Art Basel, the biggest art fair in the world, decided to go there. But it's also a very nice destination to go to. Um, so collectors so. travel there. It's a thing. Collectors like to travel yeah, to Paris. I don't know Paris. why that ended up in Miami. Eh? Yeah, but that's one of one of the reasons, you know, is because it's a it's because it's nice, because it's warm, because there was room probably, and then the other satellites are fairs like gathered around, and then it became this big thing, this yeah. giant thing. But but if the biggest fair in the world, the Art Basel, goes to Miami, that is, uh, of course, a starting point for something big. Yeah. So they don't do many mistakes. They also went to Hong Kong, and you know, so yeah, branching I know, but out. I think it didn't become a giant thing yet in Hong Kong, right? Because it's hard to travel there. Just shipping work to China is complicated. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if you, I mean, you need if, a visa. yeah, but if you, if you follow up on, on galleries that actually go to Hong Kong, uh, and these are, I mean, these are pretty, pretty good galleries that are profitable, that understand their way around this, well, yeah. these, these years. And of course. if you follow up on those things that go there and you see that it's important, the fair in Hong Kong is 
uh, who was I talking to? Fair in Hong Kong. The Art Basel in Hong Kong is more important than the Art Basel right now. Maybe different next year. It's definitely more important than the one in Miami right now. So I Maybe. mean, following all these trends. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not. It's not from my personal experiences. From what I read and what I, what yeah, I, what I, I hear from other know. galleries and from the market. So, but it's much harder for the artists to just show up in Hong Kong yeah. than to just show up in Miami. Yeah. So. They, it's not yet this free space where you can. That's true. Also, Miami became because of um, the whole Winwood thing. Mm -hmm. It became this for urban art, yeah. Yeah, for urban art, it became the mecca mm -hmm. where Hong Kong. Good luck before it becomes yeah. like a, an urban art. Uh, yeah, playground. but Hong Kong is maybe not for urban art. No, probably so not. I think there's still a big difference of, about this. Miami was just because there was so much space, and then this urban art festival uh, when would developed, you know, sort of could only probably develop there and had nothing to do with the art Basel going there. They didn't plan on having a big urban art festival next to their I fair. Know. Well, yeah, but you know. China is not bored with urban art yet. Yeah, the way Europe mm -hmm. and the U.S. definitely mm -hmm. are. So. I love going to China. Mm -hmm. Every time I go, like it's it opens my eyes to so many things. Like a young, yeah, I believe fresh, yeah. and and um, I mean they don't like it the same way mm -hmm. that the U.S. like it. Like they don't like murals. Like um, there's a superstitious, I think, thing that goes with it. Um, it's also a different history of vandalism. Yeah, different, different <laughs> yeah. everything, right? Yeah. So they don't, but um, they they love all the um, colorful. Um, cartoonish, um, playful. Mm -hmm. They like the playful. And like I said, not bored with it. So it's, I think it's the next place to go. Yeah, Asia, but, but it already is. I mean, it already is for the art world. It's it's very important that that uh, and, and people. I mean, look at Magda Danish, one of the one of uh, Danis, one of the very first galleries. She started in Paris when we started with Helium Cover in yeah, Germany, and she was very, very into uh, into graffiti and urban art from the beginning. Is still holding true to that, and she has a space in Shanghai, I think, uh, for six, seven years already. Yeah, she did like years ago when mm -hmm. I. She, she's a very smart girl and she and uh, woman she uh, she really uh, saw the, the the benefit of how China develops and it was a big risk probably at that time but now it's just like it's 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 great for art I just don't but, believe but, that urban art will will ever have as much meaning in a country that has basically banned prohibited and punished public vandalism from the beginning i mean oh it's complete it's completely different. so but urban art doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the whole history of graffiti and of the vandalism part of the whole thing you know what you see today on these on these festivals has got nothing to do with with the vandalism of the 80s 90s train riding you know sort of all these things no oh no thank god but yeah. um no it doesn't have the same feeling at all but at the same time like um you know galleries over there are are situated in malls, mm -hmm. right? It doesn't have malls are not the, that the, <laughs> that dirty thing that it is here. Mm -hmm. Here, if you show in a mall, like that's really sad. Yeah, it's but sad. in China, yeah, that's what cause does. Mm -hmm. And um, so it's all it's not urban art, but it's entangled into urban culture mm -hmm. and, and con consumerism, like in a much deeper way. It looks gross for us, but it. <laughs> But it is, it is awesome for that they like that. Um, it's another like it's another, it's another country. It's another story, and then we'll get there and it's totally another different culture. You, you do something different. You mm -hmm. approach your art in a different way mm -hmm. over there, for sure.
It's also exciting to be part of it right now. I think. I mean, I've, I mean, if, uh, the last time I was in China, or the only time I was in China was ninety four. Um, so a lot of things have changed. There was no, there was dear. no, no, it's a different country. Um, ninety four. Yeah. Yeah. I traveled there a couple of months. You gotta go there mm-hmm. again. Hmm? You know, you don't need to be vaccinated the same way. <laughs> no, you didn't need to be vaccinated. You just need to have a tough stomach. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I only went to uh, Beijing though, mm-hmm. um, and I didn't go in rural areas. I did stay in the outskirts of Beijing, so mm-hmm. it was a little different. Um, but um, I didn't have like a cultural shock that mm-hmm. you probably had in '94, or if I went to little villages and stuff like that. Same thing with Korea. I went to Seoul, mm-hmm. but yeah. Seoul is very easy to navigate when you speak English. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's true. But I mean, it's some. I mean, it's interesting countries that you're actually being able to travel to now. Yeah, yeah, that's pretty good. And except, except, like you can see, like the uh, the the waitress or the people that works in in stores, like ducking under the counter because they see you and they're like, "Shit, I'll have to speak English," and they hide. <laughs> because <laughs> because I'm you're white right I'm white so I've never been really before going there I've never been like um um a visible minority yeah and now of course I don't speak Korean they assume that mm-hmm. I will not speak Chinese or Korean they're like shit <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I mean there's still hand and feet to talk you know I mean I think that's oh, they end up talking it's <laughs> yeah. fine mm-hmm. they know they know the basics. Yeah, I think it's uh, I think that's uh, that's exciting that um, that the whole of Asia is now part of this too. I mean, it has been part of the art world before, but in a totally on a total different level, and now it's getting it's getting more exciting. Um, oh yeah, I the when I work in China with um, his name is Ivan, mm-hmm. and he's he has such a fresh eye, and he looks at Instagram and he's like, "Who's this artist?" I'm not sure I like his work or, and it's a really giant artist, you know, mm-hmm. or he looks at the tiniest artist and he's like, oh, I like this. I'll invite him. That guy probably never heard, never was invited mm-hmm. anywhere. Cause he, cause he looks at, he does not look at who that person is. Mm-hmm. He looks at just what he likes and he has, and he likes very different things than you and me. But that is also one of the things we should put on the list. What a good gallerist should bring is keep an open mind and not be yeah. influenced by Instagram likes or what people think. I mean, there's no, a lot of the big not, artists. Definitely not. He's big artists that I don't like either. You know, yeah. I don't like that a lot. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, I know. But I mean, so to I don't know. It's also time for for a different generation, a different approach of uh, of artists and and galleries. Oh, people just not. Don't even put it. I mean, artists, yes, that's a, that's a simple job title, but job description. But the rest is there's different jobs now in this art world that have never been there. I mean, people who organize these festivals, they're not art dealers or art or curators or in the classical sense or uh, gallerists or whatever. They have their own job description. They're managing huge projects and they're, you know. So I think there's a there's a totally new approach to art that has come. Basically, you know, that's the thing. The crisis may have been bad for many galleries, but it also has been pretty good, I think, for the whole urban art scene because it could focus on something else and not just be taken into the circus that it was before. You know, it reshuffled the cards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like the. My most successful galleries are the ones that find projects. Like mm-hmm. they go out there, they find like, I don't know, a company of something. Right? Mm-hmm. And they, they're like, oh, do you want to do this giant thing? And, but they, it's a lot of work. And they're, mm-hmm. they end up like not 
doing the job of a gallerist per se, mm -hmm. this by description, yeah. they end up being project managers, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And that's, and to be honest, like I've, I haven't heard anyone complaining about that kind of thing. Like a gallerist loves managing a giant project. Of course. And so... You can write an invoice. <laughs> you can write an invoice, but you're also outside oh, no. of your gallery. Yeah, sure. no, you're I, on your phone. You're talking with this and that, yeah. talking about transportation much more exciting, and resources. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and it's, it's not boring. Mm -hmm. It's not the same thing. Yeah. Like that's, I guess that's what I meant by like... Mm -hmm. um, successful gallery not being lazy it's not lazy to sit that you're but I know the job description yeah. is completely different mm -hmm. than it was yeah that's true i mean it's i mean for, for me for example i've um i told you when we met last week i i i've i have been changing what helium cowboy well not necessarily what helium cowboy stands for that has always been the same because that's basically just me you know sort of doing what i what i think is important um and that i want to do uh, at that time, but I've, I'm not a gallery anymore in the sense, but I'm still doing gallery shows from time to time, but that's not my main focus. I'm actually, I'm, I'm tired of hanging artworks, including mine, <laughs> but that's okay. You know, that's fine. It's just, uh, the exhibition looks really, really good that we're having on right now, but that is because, uh, I brought fresh blood and, and fresh eyes into, into this space and, uh, and, and, uh, and try to enable other people on both sides, not just the artists, but, you know, so people install, um, to, to, to look at it differently. But I, I try to focus on, on different things that are more important and more relevant to, to me. And, uh, that and poor artist. That, what? No, I mean, he's super happy with, I mean, it's the best gallery he can find. <laughs> Why? Because I'm not putting a nail in the wall. No, because you don't seem really motivated to, to. I do one show yeah, in six yeah. months. That's, how much motivated I am with this one show has more attention than any other exhibition you can get. I have time to work for this. I have time to work with the artist. I have time to find the right people. Uh, I have time to develop this. I help an artist by, you know, sort of not just, hey, do you want to make an exhibition in three months after that one, uh, before that one? It's, it's a different approach that I have. I don't think I'm able now with all the things that I'm doing. I mean, the podcast is one side thing, but I'm, I'm an artist first and foremost. And I've, uh, I've allowed myself to dedicate uh, the majority of my time to my art over the past years. Um, now and going away from being a full-time gallerist with two jobs um, and uh, uh, at the same time. So now that I'm focusing on my art, I just think it's unfair to show five artists a year, but it's totally fair to show one. Sure. That's what I mean, you know, so it shifts. And I think it's, it's also okay to say I'm not showing you because I'm, I'm, I'm not motivated to show you. I would not show anyone that I'm not motivated in. And, uh, and then there is, um, it's a different approach to, to new exhibitions, how they can be done. And, uh, and so, as I, I told you before, the, the podcast is for me as part of the gallery work now, because I help people to, I mean, I don't have to help you to get recognized, but there's a lot of people who are going to listen to this and say, ah, that's how she's doing. Ah, okay. That's what I'm getting into. Oh, okay. So they get a, you know, sort of get a perspective on this. So I think that's, that's also a way of how to work today, you know, because we're not just having the Instagram post of us sitting here in front of microphones. People have to listen one hour. They can listen one hour to what we have to say. So it's a lot more. Do you um, think they will? Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you it's you, you take will? your time, you spend some time. And I think that's, that's the most important, uh, uh, most valuable asset that we have is time. And what do we do with it? I, 
wanted to be part of this podcast because I listen to podcasts yeah. all day, yeah. every day. Yeah, I think when a, I work. Mm -hmm. So art podcasts are good. Matt Gondek has a really yeah, good podcast. Yeah, I had Matt Gondek too. on the show. Did you? Yeah, I talked to him. Amazing. He's he's a, mm -hmm. he's a great guy. Yeah. I like him a lot. Yeah, it's funny. I just I just came across his when I was still when I was doing the podcast. I mean, this this year I was doing the podcast for over a year and I never heard of his podcast and I I came across his podcast and thought, well, that's that's pretty cool because he's, you know, in a way he's he has the same curiosity Wait, let's make that sure I have, uh, we say the name of the podcast. What is it again? Uh, the Clean Break Podcast. Clean Break, that's yeah. right. So go listen Clean to that. Break Podcast, yeah. And it was a good talk, you know. Um, and it's uh, and it's important that you, that you have podcasts like that out there because I think the majority of my listeners is also probably artists. Hopefully. I don't know. Yeah, probably, yeah. Yeah. Or people that are interested in uh, everything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I listen to a lot of science podcasts. Yeah. I didn't think I was ever interested in science, but yeah. when it's well put together, yeah. everything's fantastic. Like I learned a lot about dinosaurs lately. Mm -hmm. Loved it. Mm -hmm. the, the interesting thing about doing this podcast, for example, doing it with different people, there are so many opinions that you get at this one table or over the internet because some of them I do remotely, you know, once with, I can't talk to Matt Gondek here in Hamburg, so we spoke over the internet. <laughs> um, And uh, you get totally different perspectives from different people. I have, when I talk with Jonathan Levine, for example, about the gallery scene and how it has developed, we've been in it the same amount of time. We've been on similar fairs. We made similar experiences. Um, and last week I spoke with, uh, or a few weeks ago I spoke with Harlan Levy, who does a gallery in Brussels, completely different approach, completely different perspective also on the art market. Um, and that is the diversity that you can bring into a podcast with a topic because everybody probably thinks it's, 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 it's simple. It's paintings in a gallery, you know, but there's so many different aspects of it. And everyone, I think that Affenfaust can do a project like Knotenpunkt still means they've done something right, which they probably even haven't figured out themselves, but you know, maybe they did whatever. They went through a lot of changes over the course of time. They're still doing this. Other galleries that, um, They have made different experiences and different learnings and probably have a different approach than another gallery that, you know, sits in Berlin or in Montreal that you know, targets the same people. So no matter who you sit with, um, you get different opinions. And this is the same with you when you travel to these festivals. There's artists who, I mean, I've also spoken to a couple of artists who go on to these festivals. They do not want to come on my podcast because they don't, they, they are there, but they don't like being there. That also exists. What I mean, it's like a totally diverse meaning. They think it's important for their career to be there, but it's killing them on a health level and on everything. And they don't like seeing their 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 large murals on 28 meter high ceilings, that uh, walls that in the end just only on Instagram. You know, that brings it to one of my last topics. Let's get, yeah. get away from okay. it. How how important is print for you? Print. Print. Do you have a book coming out? Do you plan on doing a book? Is there already catalogs for your work? No, no, no. Um, that. There is a book yeah. um, where I'm, I'm part of, which is um, The Art of Cardboard by mm -hmm. Lori Zimmer. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, Lori, yeah, sure. Yeah. I know that book. I love Lori. <laughs> yeah. So she, she wrote this book. I think it's The Art of Cardboard yeah. that I should check. <laughs> and uh, and uh, yeah, she, she dedicated a little part of it for me and mm -hmm. other cardboard artists. And yeah, I remember. That's great. And that's the only book I haven't made a book yet. Um I should start thinking about that. I think it's time. It's, it's very valuable for artists to have a book, also for the galleries. I'm not much of a writer. I do not like to write. Um, no, I think one of your galleries should actually take 
Yeah. Take the lead and say, Laurence, mm -hmm. we need that book. I mean, you're in the business now, what did you say, seven years? So I think it's about fucking time that you get a pre Because the thing with the book is, it's what we talked about, the sustainability and things that 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 I'd like, love to have one of those coffee table books, yeah. you know, like yeah. hardcover, like yeah. a nice with beautiful photos I'd, kind of thing. I'd, That's something I'll think about. You know, um taking photos of mm -hmm. the work mm -hmm. is something I often skip. Really? Yes. It's bad, eh? It's bad. It's probably it's number one rule number one in the in the how to become a successful artist. One. Document your work. Get a decent camera. Rule number one. I have a decent camera. <laughs> yeah. It's now 15 years old. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, but still. So is it still decent? And yeah. and yeah, no, this is the hard part. Like taking mm -hmm. raw pictures, like mm. good enough to um to put them in a book. Like mm -hmm. um um it's rough. It's yeah. tough. Listen, in I just moved studio and I, for the first time, installed um, a photo booth, mm -hmm. which is my sculptures are really big, right? So I need something really large. So yeah. I never had that before. Yeah, and it's a pity. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it's important. So I, um, I feel bad, but it's not the part that I like. Mm -hmm. And once the and I'm always in a rush. Mm. I'm always like mm. rushing to pack up the the work and ship it, mm -hmm. or to deliver it somewhere, or to you know. I know. I understand. So I never. So I often I skip the the photo part for sure. Well, me coming from a background that hasn't worked as a photographer when I was really young. Of course, photography is important to me, and I still use it um, in and an old-fashioned like sense, but. But making re making actually, I mean, documenting the work process, documenting exhibitions, it's all fair and fine. But doing the doing the actual reproductions of my work, and I have a photo booth as well. I have all these things to you know, sort of also do this for the artists that exhibit here quite often. That is like making taxes. That's right? like doing my taxes. Right? I hate it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. yeah. I don't even like oh, making like white collar balance. Like yeah. ugh. Yeah. <laughs> This, yeah, I'm with you there. <laughs> listen, for the first time in my life, like last month, uh -huh. I had enough space to take actual photos yeah. of the work. For the first time. I was before my first studio, I was sharing it with 12 people. Mm. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to me on that. Mm -hmm. um, and the second one was in a factory type of place. Very dirty, but free. So, mm -hmm. so I, yeah. And... Was there a white space? No, there was no white space yeah. to take photos of my work. Um, so I take good enough photos for Instagram, but for a book, no. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I miss that. I'm it's <laughs> <laughs> it's confession time. Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, I think it's just important that people know that the photos they do for Instagram, if they do them for Instagram, try to make the same the same quality that you can put them in the book later on. I mean, not everybody will make a book, but I mean. I think oh, with a lot listen, of things. If there's an artist important. listening, don't do that. Do yeah. it properly. Yeah. yeah. Document it. Document. It's just even like um just um when I travel, for mm -hmm. example, um often I will meet a photographer mm -hmm. and they will take some pictures and send it to me, but it's you know, it gets scattered in my emails and or in my computer. So but I have them. Yeah. So I have pictures out yeah. there. But um just If I want, if I really wanted to, now I'm working on, um, I want to make a small documentary mm -hmm. and film, film. Oh. Yeah. And, uh, just flying in it. And I've had this idea for a long time. I've had offers like people really wanting to do it, but what would be interesting would mm -hmm. be to, to travel with me mm -hmm. and, and 
and well, you probably you know like paying your film crew to go with you. Mm-hmm. It's expensive. I could never like pay the ticket. Like I need an assistant to build the work, but paying paying an assistant to film you, you know, I know. <laughs> it feels vain, and um, I could never afford it before. And so that's it. It's all part of the. But you're doing it now, or the documentary? Yeah, yeah. Um, it's we're really at the beginning, beginning. Mm-hmm. But um, um, yeah. yeah. Film is also very important. That's true. Film is important, but this, you know, if we're just on 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 uh, on on the on the on the on the teaching part of of this podcast, um, what you just said with your photos, it's great when you have photographers out there taking pictures, and you're on great festivals, and they're great photographers. I know a couple of them. I mean, not personally, but they work, and they, you know, they do really good good stuff. You know, and oh, document yeah. great photos. But the thing to... is, if you want ever want to do a book, make sure that moment that you have access to these photos that you own them so make them make an arrangement with know, the photographer what happens then i'll just have photos in your email you know so it's very important when you go to a publisher at some yeah, point and make sure i don't forget and you have who like send 50 it to me. photographers who have to clear rights with oh yeah it's also a nightmare <laughs> and i need to give them credits too because they, well, so. they deserve it they deserve that so now i uh, lately i got a little better at that because <laughs> i like my last trip to miami i made sure i made a really good friend um uh with nika kama mm-hmm. uh, Does that sound familiar? Um, she's an amazing uh, photographer okay. in Berlin. Mm-hmm. She was also in Miami. So we did work together. Mm-hmm. So she did great for me. But when you think of it, like um, my sculpture was so big. Yeah. And I wanted to, it was a fallen horse. It was a horse trying to get yeah, up. I saw that, yeah. You saw that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I wanted to take it in the middle of the street. <laughs> So we had to transport it there. Like I had to make an appointment. I had to find guys to transport the horse. And then we would go back and forth between the street and the sidewalk while, you know, the lights were on, mm-hmm. right? Like that when someone had a red light. And so it was fun, but it took the afternoon, right? Yeah. Making a photo takes so time. Again, sure. like I'm, I'm just trying to find excuses to mm-hmm. not do it. <laughs> All right, Laurence, anything we've missed? Well, definitely we've missed a lot of things, but anything you... Yeah, uh, well, when is the Vernissage? Oh, it's on Thursday, but the podcast will come out later. After oh, that. okay, okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's going to be on for a little while, so... Yeah, it's People. also, you know, sort of, um, I think the good thing about podcasts is that they have no expiration date because most of the things we spoke about will still be relevant in a year. Um, and um, and so um, there will be probably a next Knotenpunkt and there will be probably different festivals. And people, fortunately, on, not just only listen to me in Hamburg or to us. So, But there will be definitely. But what's what's the best way to keep up with where you're at and where to see you? Uh, on Instagram. Well, what's um, the handle? Laurence Val, so L-A-U-R-E-N-C-E-V-A-L. All right. So that's my Instagram handles. That's the only thing I keep updated. (laughs) Yeah, but it's good. I mean, it's fine. Just one channel is enough. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that is very, everything in there is uh, half an hour old. So it's good. So so we know where I am (laughs) and what I do at that moment. All right. Laurence, thank you for being here. Well, thank you. Helium Talk. Helium Talk.